ಭಗವತೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ ರೂಪ ಕದಾಮ ದಾತಿ ಸ್ವಪದಾಂತಿಕೀಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುತಾಪದಕಮಲ ಶ್ರೀಗುರು ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ರೀರೂಪ ಸಾಗ್ರಜಾತ ಸಹಗಣರಘುನಾಥೀವ ಸಾಧ್ವೈತ ಸಾವಧೂತ ಪರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವೃಷ್ಣಪಾದ ಸಹಗಣಲಿತಾಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿತೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಾ ಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತನಮಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಾಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯೇ ವಾಂಛಾಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯಶ್ಚಿಂಧುಭ್ಯ ಪತಿ ಪಾವನೇಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ನಮೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿತಿನೇ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವೇ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯ ದೇಶತಾರಿಣೆ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಯದ್ವೈತಗದಾಧರ್ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತ ಬೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್ ಫಾರ್ ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ 59th verse of the second chapter often quoted by shri prabhupad very important verse we have also touched upon this last week so we will continue today vishayah vinivartante niraharasya dehinah rasavarjam rasah ಅಪಿ ಅಷ್ಟೇ ವಿಷಯ ವಿನಿವರ್ತಂತೆಹಿನಸವರ್ಜಸೋಪ್ಯ 
दृष्टवाते विषया निरा निराहारस्य माताजी निरा निवर्तते विषया ऑब्जेक्ट्स ऑब्जेक्ट्स फॉर सेंस ग्रैटिफिकेशन सेंस एन्जॉयमेंट विनिवर्तन्ते आर प्रैक्टिस टू बी रिफ्रेन फ्रॉम 
निराहारस्य बाय नेगेटिव रेस्ट्रिक्शंस देहिनः फॉर द एम्बॉडीड रसवर्जम गिविंग अप द टेस्ट रसः सेंस ऑफ एन्जॉयमेंट अपी ऑल्दो देर इज अस्या हिज परम फार सुपीरियर थिंग्स दृष्टवा बाय एक्सपीरियंसिंग निवर्तते सीज इज फ्रॉम ट्रांसलेशन एंड पर्पोर्ट बाय दिवाइन ग्रेसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्री प्रभुपाद की translation the embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment though the taste for sense objects remains but seizing such engagements by experiencing a higher taste he is fixed in consciousness please repeat the embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment though the taste for sense objects remains but seizing such engagements by experiencing a higher taste he is fixed in consciousness purport unless one is transcendentally situated it is not possible to seize from sense enjoyment the process of restriction from sense enjoyment by rules and regulations is something like restricting a diseased person from certain types of eatables The patient however neither likes such restrictions nor loses his taste for eatables. Similarly sense restriction by some spiritual process like ashtanga yoga in the matter of yama niyama asana pranayama pratyahara dharana dhyana etc is recommended for less intelligent persons who have no better knowledge. But one who has tasted the beauty of the supreme lord Krishna in the course of his advancement in Krishna consciousness no longer has a taste for dead material things therefore restrictions are there for the less intelligent neophytes in the spiritual advancement of life but such restrictions are only good if one actually has a taste for krishna consciousness when one is actually krishna conscious he automatically loses his taste for pale pale things so this is an important factor this is our this is the way our movement has been growing all over the world if in the 21st century when sense gratification is available at fingertips we ask people to renounce hardly anyone would be interested but our movement by the grace of krishna is expanding throughout the world because we don't really ask just to refrain from sense enjoyment there is that factor of restricting of sense enjoyment but there is an alternative given as well so spiritual process people usually think um only to give up sense enjoyment is is spirituality is the advancement of spirituality no that is a symptom of advancement of spirituality spiritual life it is not actual spiritual life like there is a nice verse in the bhagavatam which explains this um method 
so if you go 431-14 there are two examples two analogies given in this verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam Kanto 4 chapter 31 verse 14 yathātaro mūla nishechanena tripyanti tatskandha bhujopashākhāh prāno pahārā chayathendriyānāṁ tathaiva sarvārhanam ajyutejyā as pouring water on the root of a tree energizes the trunk, branches, twigs and everything else and as supplying food to the stomach enlivens the senses and limbs of the body similarly worshipping uh, simply worshipping the supreme personality of Godhead through devotional service automatically satisfies the demigods who are parts of that supreme personality so now um, there are two examples here pouring water at the root of a tree and supplying food to the stomach so each of these when we water the root automatically all the parts of the tree are satisfied and when one gives food to the stomach automatically the entire body is energized there is no need of separate um, energizing of every, any, every other part of the body or the tree this one action is effect, that is the most effective way of doing things um, so what happens when one gives food to the stomach let us explain bhakti pareshanu bhavo virakti anyatra chayasha trikayeka kala Devotion, direct experience of the Supreme Lord and detachment from other things. These three occur simultaneously for one who has taken shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the same way that pleasure, nourishment and relief from hunger come simultaneously and increasingly with each bite for a person engaged in eating. So here is something important to be noted. Because we are talking about um, spirituality meaning giving up sense enjoyment. People usually see that in the those who are devotees, they are not interested in going to the movies, they are not going interested to eat outside, they are not interested to simply gossip or even play frivolous sports, they are not interested. So it appears that their life is very boring. You see? because these are the activities normally people would indulge in but um, this is only a symptom if they are not interested in these things that means they have a level of satisfaction which does not require these things to be performed for their satisfaction they do not have to rely on these kind of activities for their satisfaction this is called Atmarama stage. Atmarama means one who is satisfied with himself without any extraneous endeavor. Because if I am doing something to get happy, the moment I am not, I cannot first of all be doing that forever. Suppose I like to play soccer. How long will I play soccer? I cannot play whole day. I have to change my activity. You know, I will become tired or I will become hungry or it becomes I mean it's impossible the body has certain limits so one can only do even if one likes eating 
how much can he eat after some time you cannot eat anymore even your best favorite food is there you cannot eat if you are full so there is a limit to how much we can enjoy then we have to change activity so we are always constantly engaging our senses in different ways to become happy so now three things when one takes a devotional service bhakti three things happen one's devotion to the supreme lord increases one will have direct experience of the supreme lord or direct uh, realizations of the supreme lord not that you know we suddenly see you know krishna everywhere not exactly in the beginning but at least our realizations of krishna's teachings first this is the first step in the yes in the ultimate stage one can actually see krishna shama sundaram achinte gunasvarupam santas sadaiva hridayeshu vilokayanti pure devotee of krishna always sees krishna it's not that oh i saw krishna you know yesterday last night in the dream no a pure devotee is not like that he is every all the time he is seeing krishna without interruption that is pure devotee hmm. so not that you know he sometime came and sometime is invisible no so that is santa sadaiva how they see because of love it's not that they imagine they actually see just like we are seeing each other face to face they actually see krishna but because that spiritual eye is not open because we don't have that kind of uh, intense love for the lord so the curtain of maya is covering just like now you can see krishna's form here when the curtain is closed you cannot see but it's not that krishna is not there he is there so maya is like the curtain yatha javanika channam javanika means curtain kunti devi she said like this that you are covered just like a um, by maya just like a curtain naham prakasha sarvasya krishna also says i am not visible to everybody because uh, mudha they are fools they are not interested in me so even as we discuss many times people come to the temple in the beginning they are not interested in themselves uh, in in the lord they are interested in themselves they come because they have a problem they have something to be solved they have they come to pray you know that's why krishna also starts the bhagavad gita in the at that platform he asks arjuna not to immediately serve him and you know no first of all he says identify your problem first you have a problem that's why you have come to me arjuna also said krishna i am unable to solve my problem that's why i am now becoming your disciple he is not interested in krishna i want to serve you no that means already perfection we are interested in ourselves i want to be happy but something is not making me happy so i want to solve myself my the problem that i have so we are interested in ourselves that's always the starting point then maya actually helps us by putting us in this problems so that we can actually inquire who am i why am i suffering because we're always selfish <laughs> why why am i suffering that's our question always so it is good if you really inquire in the proper way so that's why krishna starts his instruction in bhagavad gita you are suffering because you have misidentified yourself so that's the starting point 
So now we have heard this that we are not the body, we are Atma, we are not the body, a million times. But to have direct experience or realization of that fact, that is another thing. That is achieved when we actually act on that platform. We have to act on that knowledge. Then our realizations will come. And there has to be detachment from material things. If I am not the body, then I should not be indulging in things that gratify the senses of this body. So theoretically we may know this, but practically how far we can actually apply it? Because the taste again pulls us back to the materialistic way of life. Um, so that's why we have to have a higher taste of life. That is all this works is about. This verse is about a higher taste of life. A quality of life where you do not want, you do not even think of the material enjoyments because they are far, far less significant, far less enjoyable. You see? That is explained here. Bhakti Pareshanubhava Virakti. Virakti means disgust. A symptom of advancement of spiritual life is we are disgusted with material life. If I am not disgusted with material life, then I am actually not really interested in spiritual life. I cannot be spiritually interested and materially also interested. It does not happen. That means I am acknowledging that I am the soul, at the same time acknowledging I am the body. How can that be? Hmm. So as much as we spiritually improve, that much we will be disinterested in material life. That is a symptom. So it is not the only thing, spiritual activity, to be disinterested in material life. This is why, because the materialists cannot see the satisfaction of the spiritualist, they only see that they are disinterested in material life and they think this is a poor fellow, you know, he is not enjoying life. They cannot, they cannot understand uh, that there is another level of happiness compared with which this material happiness is insignificant. That is today's verse. Vishaya Vinivartante. Because he has de- devotion to the Supreme Lord. He has direct experience of the Supreme Lord. Whatever material happiness we try to ha- have, the material things which give us happiness are created by the Lord. And if a person is directly in touch with the Lord, why will be he be interested in anything, all these small, small things? He is already directly in touch with the Lord. Uh, this is the platform one has to come to. It's usually, that's why we have to see beyond what is uh, easily visible to the eye. As they say, uh, see more than what meets the eye. You know? What meets the eye is that a spiritual is not interested in material life. But that's not all. Why is he not? If you ask the question, why? Then we will become, will enter into the real state of the spiritualist. So this is a devotee. Devotee means he is uh, not just oh, sentimentally attached to Krishna. No, with perfect conviction. He knows what is Krishna. He knows what is spiritual life. He knows also what is material life. Not that a devotee is very naive, he is very, you know, bhola bhala, you know, very, you know, doesn't know evil, you know, very innocent. No, they are not innocent. 
a spiritual a spiritualist who is actually a devotee of Krishna. He is not innocent about materialistic way of life or the enjoyments or the happiness derived from that enjoyment. He, it is not that he does not know it. He knows very well. Still he stays apart, stays away from them. So this virakti must come. You must be disgusted with the material. What is actually happiness here? There is first of all birth. Very very painful. Starting it's that's why everybody will come into this world crying. <laughs> we don't come here. <laughs> we don't come like that. We cry and come. Why? It's painful. Nine months of torture inside. Both for mother also it is torture. For child also it is torture. Actually, child suffers far more than mother. But only thing, because of Maya, we completely forget once we come out what was our life in the womb. Completely. So then we become, oh, this world is nice, and we come, you know, we start to familiarize ourselves with this world and try to be happy. But then actually, birth is painful, uh, disease is painful. We get even a ordinary cough is painful, right? It's painful. Then there is old age, which is everybody knows there is mental and physical Hare Krishna. Mental and physical pain. Ah, Hare Krishna. You can remove the shoes. So you see, <coughs> old age is painful. Huh? One by one, the organs start deteriorating. Liver failure, kidney failure, heart failure, brain failure, some stroke, cancer, and more and more diseases are coming. You see, it's very um, painful life. And finally, death. Even if I am ready to put up with these three, okay, birth, never mind, I forgot anyway. <laughs> Disease, okay, I will take care of my health every now and then. If I get something, I will just rest and after that, fine. Old age, let's see when we become old. So we plan for retirement and we put money and you know we try to take care of our health so that we'll be healthy. These are so-called preparations. But death? When death comes, nothing else. Even you know, there's a famous uh, uh, talk by Steve Jobs. He also said, in the face of death, every achievement, every... Uh, laurel that we have won, everything becomes insignificant, absolutely insignificant in, in the face of death. Suppose I am the most famous person in the world and the richest person, you know, everything, highest. At the time of death, will that riches save me? Will that fame save me? All those people who like my post on Facebook will save me? No. The doctor who promised me that I, he will take care of my health, he knows in and out my health from childhood, he has been my doctor, whatever. Can you see? Now nobody can save. And that is the most fearful uh, event. So we are all preparing so many things. But actually where is the... Alright, even if we say Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi, these four are the miserable conditions. Few and far between. When it comes, okay, we will suffer, fine. In the meantime, we will enjoy, no? There is, a, there is a hedonistic philosophy. Eat, drink, be merry, enjoy because you know tomorrow you might die. This, this is their philosophy. As they say, 
uh, eat the dessert first because you don't know when you will die. This is a whole <laughs> because what if in the while eating I die and I do not eat the dessert because dessert is usually kept for the last, right? And that's the most tastiest part or the sweet. But some philosophers say eat the dessert first because you don't know when you're going to die. Maybe while eating you will die and your dessert is left there on the plate. You will not enjoy it. So they want to maximize or squeeze the maximum enjoyment out of this life by enjoying, gratifying the senses. You see? Even if we think that is the case, that yeah, birth, forgotten, death, when that comes and finished, uh, one moment finished, okay, I only have to put up with old age, which is yeah, the longest, and disease, which is like little bit, not so much. But in between these things, there are other three uh, tapatraya, three klesha. But uh, three types of miseries. What is that? Adhyatmic misery. That means misery is caused by my own body and mind. Like, hmm, nowadays, especially the teenagers, you know, the youngsters, they are facing this thing. Yesterday, they posted a uh, picture on Instagram, oh, got uh, about 1,500 likes. Today, I posted on Instagram, 963 likes. Yes, please. So, they are sad. My likes decreased by 537. <laughs> These are their metrics for happiness. Their happiness is dependent on how many likes. Yesterday, today's post must be more likes than yesterday. Social media addiction is one thing. But even otherwise, I am making, um, you know, what they, what they say, stress. This is what? Caused by my own mind. So, this is Adhyatmic misery. Or I do something very stupid. I trip and I fall. I was not seeing. I was just scrolling my phone and walking on the road and I trip and fall. I am hurt. There is another misery. You know, or I do, or I eat something very nonsense, you know, and then I get sick because of the food poisoning. So, this is all Adhyatmic. Then there is Adhibhautik, which is misery is caused by others whether humans or animals insect mosquito comes and bites me and I get dengue Adibhautik or I am just quietly sitting neighbor comes and disturbs or boss comes and fires me or customer very bad mood he will shout at me customer service so something Adibhautik or some dog came and bit me anything snake Anything. Adhibhautik misery. Then there is Adhidaivik miseries. Miseries caused by the higher authorities, the devatas. Like famine, drought, earthquake. Far beyond human control. So this is Adhidaivik. As is an act of God. An act of demigod actually. Of course everything is act of God in that sense. But demigods, they control these factors. So, if you actually analyze your life, there has been hardly any um, peaceful moment where we don't have to worry about anything, you know, nothing worries us. No, there's hardly. Sada samudvidna dhyam asadgrahat. That is explained by Prahlad Maharaj.
तत्साधुमे असुरवर्यदेना सदा समुद्विघ्नधियां असदग्रहात् Prahlad Maharaj replied to his father. He did not call, Oh, my dear father. No, he said, Oh, best of the Asuras, king of the demons. As far as I have learned from my spiritual master, any person who has accepted, accepted a temporary body and a temporary household life is certainly embarrassed by anxiety because of having fallen in a dark well where there is no water but only suffering. So, Sada, Samudvigna. Samudvigna means anxiety. Full of anxiety. See, Sada Samudvigna. Sada means always. This is materialistic life, household life. Everybody celebrates the biggest event in life is marriage. And then after that follows full, as they say, first there is the engagement ring, then the wedding ring and then suffering. Three rings. So this is the everybody there is celebrating. But what actually it is? Sada Samadvignadhyam Asadgrahat. So we must know that because you know why? Because we think that this is the platform of happiness. We expect whole deal of things in a married life. But it is actually we should understand even prior to getting into it. It is a platform of suffering. But the problem is, because we are in Maya, we think that suffering is enjoyment. You know, that's why materialistic people are called, compared with camels, Ushtra. Why? Camel has a very peculiar taste. Camels eat, um, what is it called? Cactus in the desert. And when they eat the cactus, there are so many thorns. And they will eat the thorns together with the cactus. And then those thorns prick the tongue and the mouth of the... And the blood starts oozing out inside the mouth of the camel. But the camel thinks this is very tasty. (laughs) This camel. He thinks that blood mixed with the cactus and thorns and everything, you know, crisp and tasty. And this is what the camel thinks. So actually he is suffering with the blood. It is poking him very badly inside. But he thinks that is happiness. So that is materialistic life. We accept suffering as happiness. That's why we cannot see it. Pashyan apina pashyati. It is said, people see this. But still they do not see it. Hmm. Srimad Bhagavatam Kanda 2, Chapter 1, Text 4 Dehapatyakala Tradishu Atma Sainyeshva Satsvapi Desham Brahmatto Nidhanam Pashyanapina Pashyati Persons devoid of Atma Tattva do not Atma Tattva means signs of spiritual life Persons devoid of Atma Tattva do not inquire into the problems of life being too attached to the fallible soldiers like the body, children and wife although sufficiently experienced they still they still do not see the inevitable destruction 
our body is going to be destroyed our wife is going to be destroyed children are going to be destroyed the home is going to be everything is going to be destroyed but we hope that all these things won't happen hope against hope durashaya durasha means hoping for the absolutely impossible thing it will never is not going to happen but we hope for it that is called durasha we expect happiness here we expect that everything will be, just remain as it is you know it won't be destroyed everything will be no it will not be something will come and upset everything totally upheaval upheaval will be there the constant upheaval that is why every morning at 5 am when we sing the song samsara davanal leedha loka tranaya karunya ghanaganatvam so what is that samsara davanal the material world samsara is like a davanala forest fire forest fire nobody sets a forest fire in the nobody sets fire in the forest they happen just by some bamboo they you know they in the wind you know they just strike each other and the spark sets fire to the entire forest similarly nobody actually wants to create any problem but problem will come it's like a forest fire and unbearable unbearable pain mental pain physical pain so many things but because of maya again and again we engage in these things like prabhupad said when um, actually this happened in america so the uh, prabhupad's disciples <laughs> were telling prabhupad that when a woman is uh, in labor just prior to giving birth she they many women come to the hospital cursing their husbands for having put them in this position all kind of bad words because <laughs> so much pain it is, it is the most painful thing uh, so and then finally after they go through then childbirth they will take a vow never to do it again never going to do this again and soon again they will become pregnant because that's a way of material life we completely forget uh, completely forget all the suffering people think you know uh, people say oh why we cannot remember previous lives if we remember we we will not unnecessarily waste time here we will go back to you know we will try to rectify our actions and everything not really <laughs> i mean even in this life after all the suffering again go back and do the same thing just after a few months so this is how maya is there is one philosopher osho very famous his philosophy is like this he of course it's an excuse to enjoy the material sense he says that um instead of restricting like for us we we have four restrictions no meat eating eating of meat no illicit sex or sex outside marriage or uh, no no illicit sex no no intoxication and no gambling these are restrictions so his philosophy is that no if you ask somebody not to do anything uh, not to do something he will do that so you ask him to do 
do it to the full until he gets fed up of it then automatically he himself will renounce without any instruction nobody needs to instruct him give up this thing you know he will himself this is his philosophy the problem is just as we discussed the realization is short lived you know there is a thing called crematorium realization when somebody dies somebody near and you know near and dear dies everybody will gather in the crematorium and start to talk big big things about life you know see how short life is and you know it, it's important to be you know um, happy this uh, big big things they will talk next week they are in the movie theater watching a movie and wasting their life or going to some cricket or football match where is the realization is short lived when it happens and we start to think about it triggers a questioning in our minds what is life you know uh, what are we actually working for what are we doing you know we start to like question things but then it is short lived because there is no answer to those questions there is no knowledge and there is no process by which we can embark on the journey of deathlessness there is no set process there is no set knowledge nothing there is but these people are not interested so they are not they don't become exposed to this knowledge those who are interested krishna as the paramatma in the heart he will see and he will guide them to the proper place where they can get knowledge of this just knowing that yeah this life is temporary you know everything is very transient not permanent not enough because what else have we got in the permanent realm yeah life is temporary but what else have we got we have this life so enjoy so again we fall back into this enjoying this life because we have no information of the other that's why krishna is saying parastasmatu bhava anya there is another life another world where we come from where we actually belong and there life is absolutely not like this it's not miserable and all the relationships you cultivate there will never be gone and they will never turn sour it they become increasingly fresh this is the descriptions of the spiritual world in the company of krishna with the devotees ever increasing bliss there is no um, uh, boredom there is no satiation you don't become satiated or oh, uh, yeah just like if we eat once you are full that's it you put the best thing favorite thing you can't eat it just cannot you'll want to vomit if you see food that much but there is no such limits in the spiritual world in the spiritual world they don't eat because they are hungry they eat just for satisfaction just for enjoyment krishna and in his on the cowherd boyfriends everybody you know you have seen the picture krishna is sitting in the center and all the cowherd boys they around him all eating they are not hungry here the body goes hunger and you know there there is no hunger then why they eat here if we have no hunger then we don't really especially if we are full we cannot we just cannot eat but no there you can eat go on eating and your sugar won't go high your blood pressure won't go high so because it's all spiritual there's no limits so krishna consciousness is all about 
living that higher standard of life. Higher standard doesn't mean, oh, no, no, from HDB to condo, condo to landed property. No, this is not higher standard. Higher standard of, even the person in the landed property, he is suffering. He is suffering. That's not happiness. Happiness means that uh, standard of life means, uh, Prabhupada said, simple living, high thinking. Life should be simple. Hmm. The external should be very simple. As long as the body and soul is kept together, as long as we can stay alive, that much is enough. But our mind should be engaged in thinking of Krishna and serving Him, engaging in practical service. You can't, you can't simply think of Krishna all the time. We are not in that state. There is a, such a state where one can always think of Krishna without doing anything else. Or one can always chant the name of Krishna. Like Haridas Thakur. Whole day, whole night he is chanting Hare Krishna. We are not in that stage now. There is such a state. So, it doesn't matter though. Because if we can be engaged in Krishna's service in different ways. Say you chant for some time. Then you read for some time. Then you attend class for some time. Then take prasadam. Then um, do something um, like you know sweep the temple. Or do some nice decorations for uh, decorating Krishna you know all the flowers all the cloth arrangements you can do that or go out and uh, sell books and you know get everybody to understand this talk to people on the street Mm. so there is so much service different types of service so we can be engaged in all these activities so we don't have to give up anything nothing needs to be given up but whatever we have should be employed in, for Krishna's satisfaction. Then our senses will automatically be satisfied. The thing is this. In the material life, we want to gratify our senses. But actually we are... The more we try, the more we become... It's like quicksand. The more you try to get out, the more you go in. So how much ever you try to gratify your senses, that much you will put into misery. That is material life. But, if you stop sense gratification and serve Krishna, then your senses will actually be satisfied. We want to satisfy our senses. Krishna's name is called Govinda, the giver of pleasure to the senses. You see? Govinda is giver of pleasure to senses. But, if we go to Govinda for getting the pleasure of the senses, we will not get. The method of uh, uh, giving pleasure to the senses is by giving pleasure to his senses. Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhakti Ruchyate Master of the senses is Krishna. He is the master of his senses, he is the master of our senses also. You may say, no, 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 I am the master of my senses. So what if Krishna, you know, he pulls one nerve in the head and uh, paralyzed. The sense is no more. I cannot speak. I cannot hear. I cannot see. Whatever it is. You see? So, it is not really our senses. They are given to us for rent. Rented premises. For certain years. Number of years. But they are his property. So if they are employed for his satisfaction, then our senses will be also satisfied. Unmotivated devotional service. 
सवै पुंसाम परो धर्मो यतो भक्तिरधोक्षचे अहायतो के अप्रत्यहता ययात्मा सुप्रसीदती The supreme occupation or dharma for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. So devotional service must be unmotivated. Then one will get the highest result. Once there is a motivation, again, if we think it is, we get the highest result, to get the result, that a thought of getting the result, there is again motivation. It should not be there. Just for Krishna's satisfaction. Doesn't matter where I go, what I will become. If I just am engaged in satisfying Krishna and that's all that matters, then one will actually be completely supraseedati, completely satisfies himself. A devotee is not, a, not desirous of satisfying himself but he will become completely satisfied. The moment we desire to satisfy oneself, our misery starts. Shared this many times before. Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 7, Chapter 7, Verse 42. Sukhaya dukham vakshaya sankalpaiha karmina sadapnotihaya dukham anihaya sukhavrata In this material world, every materialist desires to achieve happiness and diminish his distress and therefore he acts accordingly. Actually, however, one is happy as long as one does not endeavor for happiness. As soon as one begins his activities for happiness, his conditions of distress begin. So anything if we do to get happy, our distress has begun. We have inaugurated distress. The moment we endeavor for happiness, we have inaugurated distress. That's why there is a verse in the Bhagavatam. I think two times it is mentioned. The same thing. Uh, there are only two kinds of happy people in this world. I think you have seen this before. There is, a, I don't know where that verse is. Uh, it says that there are only two kinds of happy people in this world. One is a person who is not, he's a madman. So, one is the spiritually advanced person and the other is a madman. These two people are very happy. Everybody in between them are unhappy. Because the 
transcendentalist he is completely free from any material endeavor he is completely happy they understood and the madman he also does not endeavor for anything he just is in his own world mad crazy he is also happy he has no anxieties he does not think how shall i maintain myself tomorrow what i shall eat how to pay the rent he no he is happy crazy fellow those in between this transcendentalist and the crazy fellow these people are the set of people who are always in anxiety and pretty much that's what we are unless we are crazy or spiritual advance so in other words material life is always full of anxieties the only way to come out is vishaya vinivartante nirahara sdehina rasavarjyam rasopyasa get the higher taste you have to experience the spiritual life not not just know about it if i just know about how a mango tastes and i read a big book on description of the taste of a mango i cannot understand still unless i actually just open and taste the mango myself or prabhupad's guru shri bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur said you can't know how honey tastes if you just keep licking the bottle of the honey no you you can't know you have to open it and taste it then you will taste the honey so similarly we can hear about how pleasurable spiritual life is you know how um, elevated that position is we can hear about it many times but if we don't put it into practice then we will be just licking the bottle of course hearing is also service it is also engaging in service but then it must progress to next step adho shraddha tato sadhu sangha atha bhajana kriya it has to transfer into or transition into active service how to actively serve how to use our body mind and everything for krishna's service this is the last thing we will see this is how ambarish maharaj he served the lord with all his life savai mana krishna padaravindayo vachamsi vachamsi vaikuntha gunan varnane karohareer mandiram arjanadishu shrutim chakara chitasatkat hodaye mukundalinga layadarshane drishau tadbhritya gatra sparshenga sangamam ghranam chatatpada saroja saurabhe shrimatulasya rasanam tadarpite पादौ हरे क्षेत्र पदान सर्पणे शिरो ऋषिकेश पदाभिवंदने कामं च दास्ये नतु काम कामयया यथोत्तम श्लोक जनाश्रयारती महाराज अंबरीश ऑलवेज एंगेज्ड हिज माइंड इन मेडिटेटिंग अपॉन द लोटस फीट ऑफ कृष्णा हिज वर्ड्स इन डिस्क्राइबिंग द ग्लोरीज ऑफ द लॉर्ड हिज हैंड्स इन क्लेंजिंग द लॉर्ड्स टेंपल एंड हिज इयर्स इन हियरिंग द वर्ड्स स्पोकन बाय कृष्णा और अबाउट कृष्णा he engaged his eyes in seeing the deity of krishna krishna's temples and krishna's places like mathura and vrindavan he engaged his sense of touch in touching the bodies of the lord's devotees he engaged his sense of smell in smelling the fragrance of tulsi offered to the lord 
and he engaged his tongue in tasting the Lord's prasadam. He engaged his legs in walking to the holy places and temples of the Lord, his head in bowing down before the Lord, and all his desires in serving the Lord 24 hours a day. Indeed, Maharaj Ambarish never desired anything for his own sense gratification. He engaged all his senses in devotional service in various engagements related to the Lord. This is the way to increase attachment for the Lord and be completely free from all material desires. So this we can do. We may not be able to chant Hare Krishna all the way, 24 hours. But these things we can do. Okay, sometimes I eat prasadam, sometimes I clean the Lord's temple, or I distribute books, use our intelligence, or go to the temple, use my legs in going to the temple. So these things we can do. Very, very practical things. And this is what pleases the Lord. And if we can educate others also to take up this path, Krishna says, that is the, my favorite devotee. Matsudasman Manusheshu Kaschinne Priyakrittamaha. That is what Krishna says in the 18th chapter. Yaidam Paramam Gohyam in 1868 and 69. For one who explains this supreme secret to the devotees, pure devotional service is guaranteed and at the end he will come back to me. Nasatasman Manusheshu Kaschinne Priyakrittamaha Bhavitana Chametasmad Anya Priyataro Bhuvi. There is no servant in this world more dear to me than he, nor will there ever be one more dear. So, a preacher of Krishna consciousness. You don't have to be oh, big, sitting on a big seat and speaking to others. No. Whoever you meet, what is the preaching? Yare dekha tare kaha Krishna upadesh. Whomever you meet, whoever you see, talk to him about Krishna. Introduce him. Introduce Krishna to him. If I cannot present it very nicely, ask him to take a book. You know what, I am trying this. Krishna consciousness is very nice, you know, I really like it. You should try this, you know. Take one book. To your friend, to your neighbor. You can ask them. You cannot be, oh, what if he, you know, says something bad. How you know? Unless you actually try it. If he says something bad, then leave him alone. Alright, fine. But we cannot make presumptions and assumptions and judgments. We never know. So, we should try. We should not be shy. Why? This is the biggest thing and this is the biggest help. They all are suffering. How much, am I, how much ever they may put a show of enjoyment. No, they are not enjoying. One must be convinced of that fact first. Then, one automatically, out of compassion, he wants to help. Out of compassion, he wants to educate them about Krishna. So this is actually what is uh, spiritual life. Once we do this, that's it. We'll always be happy. If you're always anxious about how to help others, then we'll be always happy. That anxiety is good. In the beginning, in the beginning, one is anxious anxious in anxiety and one comes to the temple to relieve his anxiety once he becomes more advanced then he becomes callous to all anxiety and all these things 
and he becomes only interested in Krishna. And when he becomes even more advanced, he becomes infinitely more anxious. Because now, he is seeing the anxiety of so many trillions and trillions of living beings and he cannot keep quiet. That's why Vaishnava is called, Vaishnava means devotee of Krishna. He is called Paradukha Dukhi. He becomes unhappy by seeing others unhappy. He will become infinitely unhappy and then he goes out and preaches this message. Hmm. But it is not that he is unhappy. He is seeing others unhappy and he knows the cause of their unhappiness. And therefore he is unhappy by seeing them unhappy. Now, like the last week I shared Vasudev Ghosh. He asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, please, uh, you are Krishna himself. So you have the power to do anything. So you now please um, let all the living beings in this world from ant, from microbe to the human to the devatas, whoever it is. Whatever sin they have committed, you transfer all those sins to me. Let me suffer in this world for all their sins and take them back home. I cannot see them suffering like this. I don't mind suffering myself. But I cannot see those people suffering. So this is compassion. You see? How infinitely he is unhappy by seeing them unhappy. So devotee is not um, simply satisfied. Oh yes, I have found a way of life. All of them meet it as rascals, you know, womanizes. No, devotee thinks, yeah, they are sinful, but how can they be helped? Yes, they are wrong. Just like um, in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, there is a description of the last chapter, if you see, all the hellish punishments one will go through after this life. All the different, different kinds of hells. What you do and what you get, what you do and what you get. All these things are described. And very, very graphic description. If you, if you read that, wow, this is horrible. So, when all this was being described by Shukadeva Goswami, Parishit Maharaj was hearing and hearing and hearing. At one point he just asked, I don't want to hear this anymore. Not because of a ghastly or this is too much for him to... No, no, no. It's because he's thinking, wow, so many people are suffering so badly. How can they be helped? What is the way that they can be helped and don't have to go to this, through this suffering? That's what he's interested about. Not the scene itself of the blood, the, this thing and all the you know, ferocious animals. That, that's not what he was scared of. He was not scared of anything. He was saying, how can these people be helped? I want to know that. Because enough of these punishments, I don't want them to be punished. What can they do? What is the best way that they can be saved? Then, the Ajamil story comes. Where Shukadeva Goswami, he narrates the Ajamil story. You know? Ajamil, who was a Brahmin son, very cultured in the young age, under the guidance of the father, but soon after his marriage, he got involved with a prostitute and he lost all sense. He drove his wife away, his old father and mother away. And with the prostitute, he, has, he had 10 children, no control. And to maintain such a big family, he was stealing and you know all kinds of crimes he was doing. And finally, when he was 88 year old, still he was so lusty. He had a 2 year old son at 88 years old 
and uh, fortunately somehow because of whatever he has done when he was a young man because his father was a great devotee of the lord and because of that that little bit piety he named his last son as narayana although whole life was rubbish but his last son's name was narayana and because he was a young boy he was always very affectionate to that young boy and the speaking broken language and all this was very cute and so he was very um attached to that boy so then um death struck so at the time of death when he was being taken away then he saw all these yamadutas yamaraj servants all come and trying to chain him up and at that time he he called out narayana you know calling his son because every time he used to say narayana have you eaten narayana come here narayana narayana like this so in the in the fear also he called narayana actually he meant his son but because it was the holy name of the lord immediately the lord's servants vishnu dutas came down to take him and they saw the yamadutas there who were ready to take him to hell and they came to take him to godhead back to vaikuntha then there was a discussion between the, these two vishnu dutas and yamadutas and this fellow ajamil he was watching the whole thing and there was this conversation between the two four vishnu dutas came and four yamadutas came and they were discussing yamaduta said this guy is a rascal number 1 is a most sinful fellow he broke broken every single moral principle that human can do he is rascal number he has to be punished how is it that you are stopping why are you stopping but we can see also that you are very great personalities you shine like narayana himself so why there must be a purpose in why you have come you you usually don't do anything wrong you don't do a mistake at all but here we see that this person is sinful is it possible that you have committed a mistake by trying to stop us from taking him to hell so this was the conversation vishnu dutta said no this person is completely pure you cannot take him to hell what then you know then um, the vishnu dutta asked the yamadutta you are servants of yamaraj who is also called dharmaraj who must know what is dharma if you do not know dharma how you can punish what is wrong who is wrong you must know just like a lawyer judge he must know what is law what is correct what is wrong how much should be punished how much he must know everything so yamaraj must know all the religious principles and you are his servants how is it that you do not know the religious principles properly how is it that you are taking this person to hell do you know what is sin and what is piety do you know what is correct and what is wrong then they were like of course we know anything that is you know uh, devotional service to the lord is right and anything that is against is sinful activity and he has committed so much sin that we are taking no you have not understood the power of the holy name one chant of the holy name is so powerful uh, that it is it counteracts the sins that all the sins that we have committed in our millions and millions and millions of past lives and also the millions and millions of future lives that we may take just one name of krishna is so powerful that it can counteract everything and this person has offenselessly chanted there are three stages of chanting offensive chanting offenseless and pure chanting 
this person has chanted offenselessly. He did not chant offensively. He did not commit any offense when he was chanted the name Narayana. And because of that one chant at the time, the crucial time of death, he has completely contracted all the sins he has committed in his life. Then the Yamadutas were disappointed that for the first time, because nobody could stop them. When Yamaraj servants come, nobody can stop them. But this time they were stopped. And first time the attempt was halted. Very shocked. I went back to Yamaraj and asked him, asked him, we thought you were the supreme controller of all justice in this universe. What has happened? How is it that there is somebody else who stopped us from taking this soul? Then Yamaraj said, you do not know. Then he gave a big lecture to Yamadutas. You do not know what is actually religious principles. Then he said this. Te deva siddha parigita pavitra gatha ye sathava samadrisho bhagavat prapannah tanno pasidata harer gadaya bhiguptan naisham vayam na chavaya prabhavam dande 6.327 of Srimad Bhavatam He said, My dear servants, please do not approach such devotees for they have fully surrendered to the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They are equal to everyone and their narrations are sung by the demigods and the inhabitants of Siddhaloka. Please do not even go near them. They are always protected by the club of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore Brahma and I and even the time factor are not competent to chastise them. So Lord Brahma, Yamaraj and even time cannot chastise the devotees. So then he said, Who, what kind of people you must bring to me? This is the kind of people. Jihvanavakti bhagavad gunanamadheyam chetas chanasmaratita charanaravindam Krishna yanonamati yachiraheka dapi tananayadhamasato krita vishnu krityan. My dear servants, please bring to me only those sinful persons who do not use their tongues to chant the holy name and qualities of Krishna, whose hearts do not remember the lotus feet of Krishna even once, and whose heads do not bow down even once before Lord Krishna. Send me those who do not perform their duties toward Vishnu, which are the only duties in human life. Please bring me all such fools and rascals. This is the kind of people that will go to Yamaraj. So, of course, this Ajamil was not a very surrendered devotee. But by chanting, he has contracted. So, he was given a second chance. So, at that time, what happened? Both Yamadutas left. And then this Ajamil, he wanted to thank the Vishnudutas and wanted to fall, the, fall at their feet. Then, at that time, they also disappeared. To increase his desire to see them, to see and to thank them and to, you know take to the devotional service of the Lord. Then he thought, when he came out, when he got the second chance, it was like as if he went to coma. So after he came out and he became, he woke up again, then he considered, what what did I do with my life? By the grace of Krishna, now I am saved. Then he immediately left his home, his uh, Narayana, that son, his prostitute wife, everything he left, he went to Haridwar. He went to Haridwar and meditated on the Supreme Lord Krishna. He was chanting Hare Krishna all throughout. And many, many years later, 
he was again the same four Vishnudutas came this time on the spiritual airplane they came to take him back to Krishna in that same body he went back so powerful the holy name of Krishna so don't underestimate uh, the power of Krishna's holy name so please start chanting take the beads start chanting Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare so this is how a devotee is thinking. So when he saw, heard about the hell, he, how can be saved? How they can be saved? And here Rajamal is the most sinful person. But he was saved by the name of Krishna. So this holy name is the only way one can come out of this. Nowadays it is so bad that you, before even going to hell, in this life itself you are seeing hell. What is this war? What is this terrorism? All these are glimpses of hell. The sufferings in hell, usually we see that kind of sufferings in hell we are seeing already on this planet itself. Because it's so saturated with sin, even before going to hell, we already face face some of it here. But by chanting Hare Krishna, everybody can be saved. So, any questions or comments on this topic? And it is very easy and it is very pleasurable. What is the big tapasya? You just have to chant. Everybody likes to sing. You sing Hare Krishna in different different tunes, whatever you like. You chant Hare Krishna. It is not. Uh, it is not. What? Although it is one mantra, it is never boring. You always chant it. You will never become bored. You know. So we'll see any comments. Any questions? Any any of you have any questions? Any doubts? She's saying that usually people do not know that there is a higher taste of life and you know they have to do all this and the result is a lot of suffering. Therefore we need to have a guru. Yes, the guru is there. The guru is always there. But we cannot. People do not have access to the guru because they are not interested in this. They are not interested to take, take up what it takes to actually come to this position of complete satisfaction. They are not prepared to give up their sinful life. They are not inquisitive about their life. Or they are straight disrespectful to the Supreme Lord. They say, no God, this, that, atheist. So all these classes of people cannot have access to these things. Uh, One has to be sincere in his seeking. Then, yes, Krishna will definitely arrange. He is in everyone's heart. He is in the heart of the atheist also. He is waiting when this atheist will become proper, properly situated. When his job is nonsense stop, you know, Ramana, Krishna is not there, this, then. When he will stop? He is just waiting. So therefore, even if the Guru is there, if I am not, if I am not ready to become a disciple, I will not be. So the only way is we have to preach. We have to go out and meet these people and sell the books and, you know, bring them, ask them to come to the temple, associate with devotees, some will take, some will not take. 
So those who don't take, fine. We have tried. So at least we must try. Not that, no, no, all the, them are non-devotees, they will never take. How you know? What were we before we became a devotee? We are also non-devotees only. We became, right? So, some of them can change. So, our job is not who will change, who will, we are not nobody to decide. We just have to go out and give out the knowledge, give out the mercy. And who will take, they will take. That is for their own benefit. But if there nobody takes, not that we are wrong in what we are doing. We are doing the right thing. If nobody takes, fine. Still, we have, our duty is done. Of course, we have to do it properly. We have to. But then, if nobody, just like Prabhupada, the disciples, they asked him, Prabhupada, we are selling so many thousands of books on the street, but hardly anybody comes to the temple. Prabhupada said, that's not your business. That's Krishna's business, whether he wants them to come or not. Your business is to distribute the books. Whether they will read it, whether they will understand it, whether they will actually take it up and whether they will come here, that's up to Krishna and them. That's between them and Krishna. If they are sincere, yes, they will take it up. The, how much they are sincere, that much quick they will take to come here. But they are not sincere. But uh, that's why we should not, even spiritually, we should not be result-oriented. Of course, we should try our best. Not that, oh, we should not be yeah, I'll preach something, I'll just stand on the street with my books and not ask anybody. No, that's not real trying. We have to try our real best to convince them. Despite all that, if they're not become, it's fine. But Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is so nice, so kind, that he will, there are some sincere souls who are roaming this world, looking for answers. So our business is to connect them to the answer. So that is our job. So, that will stop Granthara Srimad Bhagavad Gita Kim Srila Prabhupada Ki Gita Gaur Priman